Hi, and welcome to the Church Plant Chat podcast, season two. My name's Paul. I'm a UK-based church leader. And I'm Malcolm, a cross-cultural missionary. And this is a UK-based podcast focusing on aspects of leadership and church planting with Jesus at the centre. You can connect with us on all social media platforms by using the handle Church Plant Chat, or you can email us at churchplantchat at gmail.com. We're really looking forward to today's conversation. Hope you'll enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Uh, great to be with you again today. And today is a special uh, guest episode. And with me, I have Minister Madge Abaseki and uh Today, we are going to be talking about um, what Madge does for churches, especially with church plants. And uh, and particularly, we're going to have a think about uh, discerning when it's time to rethink um, or give up uh, on an experience uh, within a church and its development. So, Madge, hello, and thank you for coming on to the podcast. Well, what a pleasure to be with you, Paul, and such a passionate person you know passionate about mission so it's such a pleasure to be here yeah no it's it's great to be with you today I'm really looking forward to um, unpacking uh, your experiences I suppose with working with churches uh, we Madge I, th- I think I've remembered this correctly we met on LinkedIn is that correct is that how we connected or was I it somewhere else I don't think it I think you you reached out to me on LinkedIn but actually um, you saw me talking at one of the London Mission Collective uh, events, or it could have been Ecclesia, mm-hmm. um, and said, oh, I don't know this person. <laughs> and um, you reached out, which is really yes, nice yes, um, yes, to yeah. see. So I think that's how we we actually um, we yeah. actually sort of got together, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And it's been really lovely getting to know you um, a little bit um, over the last few weeks. Madge, um, I've done a very brief introduction. Would you be able to fill out a bit more about uh, your role as CEO um, of the Grow the Church now and and basically just give us a bit of uh, insight into your experience before we get going? Yeah, so as you said, um, I am the CEO director of Grow the Church now. Um, it was set up after a few false stop uh, starts. I had been in corporate, uh, the corporate world. My background's human resource management with organizational development, and my specialism really is training and facilitation. I do a bit of mentoring as well. And I did hear God very clearly say, I want you to use what you're doing for Mm. my kingdom. And I thought, well, this is part of the kingdom, isn't it? But, and I guess I, you know, and this is the first thing about, you know, hearing God very clearly, which is very relevant to planting churches. And Mm. I think this went on for quite a few years. And in between that, because I'm an entrepreneur as well, I had several businesses and one of them uh, was an agency um, that hired out um, acts, bands, um, you know, musical acts Mm. and particularly choir. And I was managing one of those acts and they got through to, I won't say the name, but it was a (laughs) national television 
um, competition, one of those reality things, wow. you know, yeah. quite a few years ago. And it went very far. And, and, and before that, you know, I'd been getting them some really good gigs, really good gigs. Mm. Um, but all of a sudden, this sort of, um, uh, they're on this platform, which is completely different. And on a, a, as they saw it, a much higher level. And to cut a very long story short, uh, they got approached by one of the big management companies uh, mm. to basically <laughs> join them, uh, jo- join them um, uh, to be managed by them, which meant that as a manager myself, yeah. I might be out of the picture. And mm. I left left them to it and basically they unceremoniously dropped me oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's I'm, hard. Laughing. I'm laughing now but at the time it was really yeah, hard but I bet so I went to America for a little while my husband said you know you go and and I have a good friend out there who supported me and he she was in similar industry and whatever and when I came back I started up um another wing of uh uh, and and actually put together uh, another act similar all of its own but it wasn't directed by god (laughs) it was directed by my emotions Mm. at the time and thinking that well i'll show them i'll show them yeah so of course and in between that i kept hearing god and other people were telling me people i've never met before or or since, were telling me that God is asking you to do something. Why don't you do it? <laughs> These are prophetic messages that came, and but I was ignoring them all because I was enjoying my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I was enjoying the financial benefits, um, and if I'm honest with you, I was enjoying the prestige. Mm-hmm. But in between that, I was struggling, and I was struggling, and I was struggling. Not only in my mind, but um, after a while, my finances were hit as well. Mm. And, you know, God will hit those things that you seem to hold dear, those gods that you put up. Yeah? Yeah. And so eventually everything collapsed. Um, I lost lost the business. And um, honestly, we nearly lost our home. Gosh. And this is all due to disobedience. (laughs) But then I said, I surrender all, because when the third message came from somebody I still haven't met, but reached out to me online, I thought, that's it. I've got to do this now. So I wasted years. Um, but when I did, I I set up, it wasn't called Grow the Church now, it was called something else. And even that presented some problems. And... Uh, when I did set it up, I did hear clearly that you're here to beautify the bride. And that was very scary, very mm-hmm. scary to me, because that's that's big. That's huge. You know, yeah. and how, how does that look? How can me, <laughs> one person living in Palmer's Green, beautify the bride? Yeah. You know, yeah. what do I do? <laughs> um so I, I did do a lot of prayer and fasting, another key. And gradually I saw the vision on roll. Mm. But there was a lot of in me about growing the church now. Mm. Now was the season. Now being about six, seven years ago. Now was the season. Um, and we can see now we're still in a pandemic uh, yeah. globally. 
conceive it, why we need to do it now. Mm. Um, but along the way, there have been a few stumbling blocks, which perhaps we'll talk about later. So yeah. that's me yeah. in, the, in a kind of a nutshell um, and, and why I'm doing what I'm doing now. Amazing. Gosh, something <clears throat> something that uh, has birthed out of, um, well, as you were saying, obedience and, and is... Or lack is, of it. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, or lack of it originally. Um, but gosh, that's amazing. There's so many sort of mini topics we could unpack there on how you dealt with Hmm. um those things dropping how you dealt with disappointment from that group that you were managing um Hmm. and I suppose Hmm. that those things will come in as we keep on talking but um I I would I would love to hear about your uh, involvement with uh, church plants and and church planters over the years um Hmm. uh, so what what has that looked like in your experience and 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 what I suppose what trends have you noticed <laughs> along mm. the way with them? Mm. Well, it's interesting that that those words church <coughs> plants um are not always widely recognized, believe it or not, mm. depending on what denomination or tradition you're from. Yeah. I hear people saying, I'm starting a church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which if you look at it theologically, please possibly erroneous because Mm. we are the church you Mm. and me and everybody else who's a believer in Christ are the church but um what I have what I have noticed is that um from from some of the mistakes that have been made some people whether they say they're starting a church or planting a church tend to or some tend to plant it or start it out of a place of uh, hurt. Mm. (laughs) Uh, I have noticed that quite a lot. It's not a trend everywhere, so please don't get me wrong. It's not Mm. everybody, but that's been a lot of the experiences I've had. In 2016, I decided to go back to university at the age of 57. and. I decided to study ministerial theology and Mm. I had a group, I was a very, very large class, 53 people, Mm. most of which were either already ministers, pastors, evangelists, etc. There was one young man who actually decided to do just that because he was not happy uh, where he was Mm. in the church he was attending um he felt that he wasn't being given enough responsibility he felt he could do things better and so he went off and started what he called a church an assembly um but it wasn't very long before things started to unravel because you know if you don't have the foundations right and as a gardener i speak a lot as a gardener because I absolutely love gardening. I think if I could do have another career, it would be a gardener. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get your soil right, which is your foundations, if you don't have enough nutrients, if you don't have enough water, um, which is not only prayer, it's 
the resources that go with it, you know, the administration, um, the planning. Luke 14, 28 talks about planning. If you don't have those elements, and were you called in the first place? Um, And so I've noticed in um, two out of three cases that I've I've come to mind, I know more, but they were possibly not even called to do that particularly. Mm. So depending on where you are, in that case, it all unraveled very, very quickly, almost aged over a sort of a six-month period because running any assembly, as I call them, is not for the faint-hearted. Mm. And if you're not mm. called to do it, even worse. Yeah. Uh, so that's yeah. that's an experience. But I've had positive experiences, churches I've worked with directly, where I, I was mentoring um, a pastor in the USA. Um, and she uh, approached me because she needed some some guidance and not for necessarily for church planting but she was already running an assembly and it was a small assembly but really really struggling but I asked her some key questions and the first thing I asked her was did God ask you to do this specifically what did he actually ask you to do in the first place Mm. and what seeds have you sown so far yeah and what are the foundations and when we went through it and she had some reflection time and realized that actually she wasn't even called to do it in the first place and so she gave it up um and it was a couple of years before she heard exactly what she was called to do and it wasn't assembly but not in the way most people see it that sunday morning thing Mm. it's not part of her remit so you see, we the first thing to do is to discover what God, what vision did God give you? And if you're a couple, if you're married to somebody else, I'm married, I'm married to a pastor, Apostle Abasaki. Are we were we called to run a church? We run a Bible study group, and that's all we do. Mm. We do not run a church. Yeah. So not everybody has to have this assembly with all these people. Um, And, you know, have we got the foundations right? Do we have the right plan? Is that what God actually said? Are you prepared to learn uh, or are you prepared to just replicate what you see other people doing? Mm. And that those are the sorts of mistakes I have seen made. Yeah. where they're not being necessarily led by the spirit, but they're led by whatever else is out there. Wow. Gosh, that's that's such a, a strong thing to be on the lookout for, isn't it? In, in <clears throat> I guess it's kind of the, the, the deceptiveness of the heart when you're discerning something, isn't it? And, mm. And I think it's one of the reasons why it's so, it, well, it, it seems to me as I'm learning so, so important, especially for planters mm. that they don't isolate themselves at any stage of the process, mm. you know, mm. right from discerning, am I even called to plant through mm. to planning, starting, and then, you know, 
after then as well because mm-hmm. when you when you isolate yourself and you you convince yourself um whether it's through emotions or from hurts like that other person you mentioned mm-hmm. um or whatever the reason is and you convince yourself no this is what I'm here to do without mm-hmm. having others accountable holding mm-hmm. you to account um it like you say it can quickly crumble and that's really scary actually um because that you know um that could have catastrophic effects further down the road um, if they continue in that vein. Um, and it's really something to watch out for, I think, in ministry. Um, it, I mean, you said something earlier. Uh, you, we mentioned that we've talked quite a bit uh, before we got to this point. And you mentioned that you have a mentor who you call a spiritual director. Mm. Everybody, apart from the Holy Spirit, I mm. believe in the Holy Spirit, mm. But apart from the Holy Spirit, you need somebody who you are accountable to, somebody that's been there, worn the T-shirt and understands it, not from an emotional lens, but from, you know, uh, a a wider lens. You could pray together uh, and they can share their experiences. Everybody should have that way before you start this, um, this, this journey. Yeah, I think... um maybe it is spoken about more and I'm just ignorant to it, but I think accountability is maybe one of the most underrated um, uh, disciplines um, advertised, if you like, for those in ministry or just people in general. Um, You know, uh, I think, I mean, there have been so many things over the last two or three years that I've seen, which have been so tragic and sad within Christian leadership and you just think, where was the accountability along the way? You know, where was it? And it it just makes me think it, it, it's underrated. <laughs> it's, it's completely underrated. Uh, I mean, the disciples were with Jesus. Well, when we're reading, it seemed like all the time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm sure they had their space, uh, yeah. but they were with one another, supporting one another and cheering one another on, um, mm. you know, all the way through. So, Madge, you, you said you've worked uh, in the USA but with people, churches in USA and in, in the UK. Yeah. Um, I mean, this podcast is looking at UK-based practice, but uh, if you're able to offer, I'd love to, to hear maybe what some of the differences are with um, church plants uh, initiated in the States and church plants here in the UK. I don't know if your experience covers that sort of question, um, but if it does, I'd love to hear about you know, are, are they exactly the same um, or are there some key things that um, stand out to you between the two cultures of planting? Yeah, the, you've, you've mentioned a key word, culture. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and so I would say I wouldn't say across the pond. Yes, it is. It is different in a way, but it's it, it's a complex question you've asked. Sorry. You know, it sounds <laughs> simple on the surface, but. <laughs> You know, we're talking about culture, but we're also talking about um, traditions. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I I work with and have worked with um, traditions that are uh, from Baptists. You know, mm. um, Southern American Baptists, for 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 example. So they have their traditions. You got to cut through all that before you find um, mm. the core. Compared to here, I work with Pentecostal churches, 
and non-denominational churches. I haven't worked with any Anglicans yet. Um, <laughs> I do know some, but I haven't worked with any. But there shouldn't, in theory, there shouldn't be uh, differences in the way we approach. But then it depends on their mission. So, mm -hmm. for example, if they do have some sort of written mission, that's the reason and the purpose that they exist, mm. then it could be, for instance, there's a church that I'm going to be doing some training for in May. And their, uh, one of their missions is to serve their community. Very simple, very clear. And so they do that very demonstrably by um, making sure on a Sunday sometimes they close the building and they actually go out on the streets <laughs> to serve the people, people yeah. that are needy, people who might need counselling, prayer. You know, for me, it's the church without walls. I think that's really, really exciting. Mm. Um, so I, I feel like what we need to get back to generally in the church the big C, <laughs> is to remind ourselves of what our collective mission is. Mm. Matthew 28, 19 to 20 says it says a lot of it. And unfortunately, we've lost a lot of that along mm. the way in some quarters, not in all quarters. But we then think, I want, I, I remember talking um talking to a pastor I met them at a networking meeting and I remember saying um so what is it that your what is your main mission and he said and these were the exact words I want a mega church and I said why and he said because there'll be more people there I kid you not wow. and I was a bit surprised, uh, mm -hmm. to say the least, because firstly, it's not about I, it's about we. And even if you are called as a mega church, we, you need to know the reason and the purpose that you're going to exist as a mega church. And I haven't got anything against mm -hmm. any assembly because God calls us in different ways. We've all got different DNAs. But we have, uh, so the differences, uh, to answer your question, between the UK, I think with within the UK, from my experience, is that we tend to, in some ways, not in all quarters, look to America, because America sneezes and we catch a cold. <laughs> and there are, there are a lot of great ideas coming out of America that we could possibly adapt to the UK, but it's not always appropriate because our cultures are very different. And even, um, for instance, you're in Milton Keynes, which is kind of, is you say it's central-ish England? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. Whereas I'm in the South. Well, we're both in the South, but you're calling more central. Mm. I'm in a good old London, cosmopolitan London, with mm. all its challenges and all its beauty. And um, but I I have friends and people I work with in Florida, <laughs> and Florida is like having 
10 different countries in one state because it's massive yeah and there are all sorts you know you've got the hispanic you've got the black community you've got white you have to to take that into account when you're Mm. considering any church plant anything Mm. any church plant at all yeah the context is sorry that wasn't that wasn't a straightforward answer. No, either. that's right. I think it, it really is when it comes to planting. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell us, Madge. Um, uh, I was thinking uh, how you, you know you've consulted and worked with plants as well as more established churches. What's been some of the difference in your consultation with with church plants compared to some of those more established churches? Yeah. Well, there's. Um, I, I want to share something with you um, again from a gardener's perspective. Anytime I can get gardening in, I get it in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so, as I said earlier, the first thing to do is to consider where you're called by God. Mm. Do you have the right seed? Yeah. yeah. Not all seeds will grow. Mm. Some seeds are not meant to grow in. Uh, cold season so you can't plant them outside Mm. and others can't be planted inside because they won't get enough light Mm. do you have enough nutrients to offer the people that you're actually um trying to engage Mm. and so nutrients are in the soil aren't they yeah and so nutrients will have to be you know the word of god is one of our nutrients have you got enough water? Water for me means prayer. Are you praying mm. enough about it? And are you being directed in that prayer? Or are you telling God what you want? <laughs> what about pests? Pests <laughs> are not only in the soil, but they're in the air as well. And for me, pests could be our mindset, you know, the way the ma- a man thinketh. It could be envy or jealousy. So we're looking at other people. I know this shouldn't come into the Christian realm, but unfortunately it does. But yeah. envy and jealousy, are we looking at other people, mm. um, other other plants, other established churches and say, I want what they've got? <laughs> or are we saying, you know, we're self-criticizing in our, in our mindset or we mm. might have an imposter syndrome? So that's pests, as yeah. far as I think. Yeah. Crooning, sometimes, and this is important, you know, discernment. Mm. Do we need to cut this out? <laughs> Do we need to go back to a weekly or monthly Bible study instead of trying to fill people in in a building, which most people yeah. can't at the moment anyway? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do we want loads of followers on social media, or do we want a private um zoom room where we can get a more intimate relationship so we might have to prune yeah and then what about the harvest we might start to see the harvest in this um pandemic it's over a year now a year next week wow, 23rd yeah. of march in the Gosh. uk yeah. and yeah <laughs> a, year, a year we'll never forget but you know <laughs> during that time churches have told me personally and from the research i've done but they've had more and more um, people engaging. Well, at the beginning, they had a lot of people mm. engaging online. But they weren't really prepared to move them 
into the next phase. And mm-hmm. so they've either been lost or they're there just there as spectators. So we have to think about our harvest, what, what we're going to do after after our harvest is 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 ready, you know. Yeah. Do they turn yeah. to seed? So we've gone back to the beginning. Do they turn to seed? Seeds that can be planted elsewhere. Mm. And for me, that's that, that's a, a cyclical thing. And, and that's why I mentioned Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Because if you break it all down, those are the keys to a good plant. Uh, that's really good. And it's such a, such a memorable uh, analogy as well to use with the gardening. I like it. It's great. I, uh, <laughs> you wouldn't want to see my garden. It's a state. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it um, just needs a bit of TLC. A bit of a bit TLC, of yeah. Up, <laughs> oh, the, the dog's know. done plenty of digging up there, I can tell oh, you. He's... Oh <laughs> <laughs> what sort of dog is it? Uh, he's a cockapoo. He's a, so he's, oh, they're yeah. adorable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's... Haven't dogs, dogs and cats gone up <laughs> massively in yeah. price? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I missed the trick there. <laughs> <laughs> Sideline, breed, breeder. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, um, uh, Madge, there's a, a, when we spoke on the phone a few weeks ago, Mm. Um, it came up in conversation. We started talking about uh, the seasons of church life uh, mm. and of ministry and, um, and, and quite a difficult topic, actually, and probably one that I imagine many churches have faced through the pandemic. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, the, sort of the question and the consideration of um, when it's right to perhaps close a church down uh, and then start one up again or or rethink things and i suppose replant again out of that process would you, i mean in your experience have you have you worked through those things with others and yeah what's it what's it yeah. looked like because i imagine yeah. that's such a humbling um yeah. and probably quite exhausting experience to go through for a planter yeah. or church leader yeah and emotional. I mean, all those things humbling, you know, it's um, some people feel it's embarrassing. I do have an example and she won't mind me um, mentioning it. It's uh, one of my really good friends in Florida who I did mention earlier, but didn't go into great detail, had started an assembly when I uh, when she called me to mentor her because she felt that's what she needed at the time. And I think she did. Um, mm. And I, I hope that the, our time at that point had helped her. And then we didn't speak to each other for a few months. And, and then she said, look, I've really thought about what we talked about. I've prayed about it and we're closing down. Mm. And I said, oh, I said, was that directed? She said, yeah. And she said, I know that it isn't what God wants me to do now. Mm. Um but she started again um, late last year, and it looks very, very differently. Different. Um, obviously, they're in America and they're in Florida, particularly. So, because each state operates differently, it's really not like the UK at all. There's no national lockdown there. Each state right. does what it needs to do. Um, 
And so they actually can meet in person, although Mm. they're doing some of the social distancing. But she does a lot online. She doesn't do Sunday services every week. But I think her main experiences were the fact that at the time, how will it look to other people? Mm. Um, What would other people say about, about, about this? Um, very uh, disappointed and very emotional as well, an emotional drain. Um, and things like, oh, could I have done things differently? Um, and obviously the questions like, am I really called? Mm. You know? Yeah. yeah. So all those things were running through her mind at the time I mean I've been with that journey with her and I'm you know with other people it's been in different stages but that's a really good example of somebody starting finishing Mm. and starting (laughs) again but the key with with uh, this particular pastor was knowing when to start again after hearing God's word Mm. however what I would say is the danger now comes is you, you start to get this momentum, and this is for any plant that may, mm. may have start, restarted. And then you get into this thing of the social media. And I've got nothing against social media. Mm. However, we have to be very, very aware that some of it's not real. And we have to look at our relationships and building those relationships. And I think that sometimes it's a very big missing factor. We have forgotten mission and we are looking more at the mechanics and gathering as many followers as possible. Uh, We talk about engagement, which is very important, but then we don't necessarily develop the relationships we need to. And we're all about relationships. (laughs) <laughs> as Christians yeah. are we not yeah um so that's a, a that's an example that I can share with you where um and it, it seems to be working really really well I just feel like generally you have to be very careful not to be drawn down the line of oh you must be on TikTok oh mm-hmm. you must be on LinkedIn oh you must be on Facebook Instagram mm-hmm. and all the other um stuff And then you lose sight of what it is you're doing. And the why is very, very important. So always remember your why. Mm. Wow. That's, I was, as you were speaking, I was thinking um, with your friend who restarted, um, were were there any key differences when, um, did you say it was a she? when she yeah. when she restarted or or was it kind of the same thing but with a new um new wave of the spirit if you like what you know were there any lessons from the first time round <clears throat> that she, that she um which led her to do things completely differently or was it that she wanted to get back into the basics like you were saying focusing on relationship that the key thing was um, uh, hearing from God. Um, right. And mm. it does look very different. 
Um, I've been observing. It does look very different. You invited me um, to one of the uh, to the to the launch. Mm. Very very different. Um, she has clergy, but what she's doing is she's sending them as well. Um, so they're not necessarily yes, they're supporting the um, as she calls it ministry, the assembly, but they're also being sent if they've been been called, which is very unusual because normally you get assemblies where you've got teams of people and you want to get keep hold of the teams as much as possible. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so she's holding she, on. Yeah. So she's kind of looking at multiplication from day day one with in how she sends people. I don't know if that's out, an or? intention. It's mm. just a model um, because the problem with church hurt is comes. I've observed over the years. I've been in ministry over twenty eight years now. What I have mm. observed is that where people are not following their true calling, mm. yeah what they've been called to do, they tend to either disrupt or that, well, they basically go. Yeah. Mm. Whereas if you've got people who you're working with, who will support you, but you recognize that they've got other gifts and other talents that they have to use outside your assembly, why not send them? Because they'll be faithful. There is a very famous a gospel singer who I happen to know um, his senior pastor at the time saying to him when it was right uh, many, many years ago, it's time to go. <laughs> it's time to go and share your gifts. Now, this guy is world famous now. Mm. And I think as leaders, we have to recognize that there are reasons and there are seasons. So your season might be with me for now, but later you have to go with the reason, your purpose, the why you're called. Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant because as I'm listening to that, I'm thinking the first thing that comes to my mind is, um, <clears throat> excuse me, is a, uh, when like ascending when a, when there's a like a mother church and they mm. see leadership potential mm. and they in somebody's called to planting for instance and i love it when i see the the mother church just sending out generously those mm. people and the resources mm. and it's kind of mm. tapping into what you're saying in that you know mm. we, we see this call of god on your life we want to bless this other community mm. and it's go and it just regenerates and it multiplies mm. And mm. you know, it's, and it's about the kingdom of God, not somebody's personal um, mm. success story, if you like. And um, mm. and I, I I love that, you know, it's um, sort of continuing to just uh, multiply out from a place of generosity and and releasing people absolutely to to, to, absolutely. to get on with it. And absolutely. I think I wonder, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if um, people are scared to do that because they're not sure whether God will provide again, you know, regenerate the growth in their own church in order to send out again. But I think from what I've seen so far, I think he does. I think, um, I think, oh, you, know, yeah. you know, that I think it's within his nature to, <laughs> to, to do that. I think. Um, if you, if, if you're doing what God actually asked you to do in the first place, you know, 
if he said it, he will provide. Yeah. Um, it's not for us to. I I interviewed um, Reverend Chris Lee mm, some time ago that. now, the mm. sixty second sermon. Yeah. Um, for our podcast, and he 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 said it was it, it got little a little bit heated because <laughs> I used slightly di- different terminology to him. But the point was, we were both making is that those people are not to fit inside your box. Mm. Yeah. Those people might serve in your local church for a season, but they may have to move. It doesn't mean that we have to fall out (laughs) or be hurt or Mm. start start something up because we'll show them um, kind of thing, you know, but they're not for a box. Yeah. Madge, I'm gonna. This has been fantastic, and it's been so great to learn from you and your experience. And we we've just mentioned the the podcast that you have, um, which mm. I've listened to. I've listened to Chris Lee's episode, and what a wonderful guy, so wise. And yeah. uh, and I, I listened to um, Terry. Is it Nightingale? Oh yeah, was, about disappointment. Was, <clears throat> yeah, oh, such an important, powerful episode. Yeah. And so I, I love what you're doing on your podcast. Thank just you. as we bring it to a close. Uh, mm. let's can you just tell us very briefly about the podcast and mm. um the c- kind of things you've got on there and h- how people can find it to listen so it's called the healthy church growth show podcast and and the emphasis on healthy um <laughs> because we can grow but it might mm. not be healthy it might be a weed um <laughs> and it was started in april 2020 because i work with church leaders up and down the country and in America. And what I've noticed, what I noticed was that people were challenged by this seismic shift that we were being asked to make uh, during this pandemic. So church wasn't in a building, church was online. And people were struggling with that somewhat. And so it was it was started for that reason with different subjects, bringing different subjects up and just um, helping people to have insights and resources that they could draw on. So everything from fundraising to discipleship. Uh, We had a mental health uh, season. We're in the leadership season at the moment, which we're continuing. Um, The Healthy Church Growth Show has been going. It's 42 episodes now. In episode 10, I almost (laughs) uh, gave up. That, that's another story for another day. <laughs> um, but we're here. It's 42 episodes. It's weekly on a Monday. Um, and you can find it on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, um, Spotify, mm-hmm. Anchor, uh, Google Podcasts, and all the other podcast platforms out there mm. as well. And, and it's would, are you on Instagram as well? Um, oh. the podcast hasn't got its own Instagram account yet. Okay. <laughs> interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. That's an, yeah. a, a very prophetic question because, um, <laughs> we're thinking about that, but yeah. it, it was just getting all the administration together, yeah. which I have got now. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's mainly for, um, leaders in the church mm-hmm. and I make that point. It's leaders in the church. It's not just the church leader, the lead pastor, the lead um, mm. clergy or whoever. It's about leaders in the church. They could be 
directors mm. of kids ministry or praise and worship team or whatever it's for everybody yeah. uh it's brilliant and that, like i said i've listened to a couple of episodes and i and i really enjoyed them really great podcast and there's so many thank good you. topics on there that i want to keep listening to oh but, bless um, you but bless madge you. once again thank you so much for coming on to the church plant chat podcast today it's been a real pleasure to speak to you and and to learn from you Oh, bless you. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed this. No, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a pleasure. Thank you once again and um, speak to you soon. Okay. Okay, bye.